Hey, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and I'm live here at the NAMM show. So if it's a little noisy, it's because we're real. This is real. This is a real deal. And I'm here with Anna Nalik. I'm so stoked to talk to you. Hi, Anna. Hi. Um, Anna was kind enough to be on a panel with me today about new music. So I want to, I want to first I'll ask you about what, what have you been working on? And then we'll dig a little dig into some other stuff so do you have some new music that you're going to be sharing with the world soon well i did just finish a project um i i made a cover album with an independent um record label it was an interesting project actually it was uh something i've never done before their whole deal is that they use one microphone in uh, an old cathedral in brooklyn and um i had a a guitarist, a cello player, an upright bass player, and a percussionist. And we recorded, a, uh, I think it was 15 to 18 songs in one day. With one microphone? With one, like, 360 mic. Wow. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, it was, it, it uh, being that it was with a record label, took a lot of my control away. I'm used to producing myself. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I would have done differently. And, but that's also me just being a cr- creative person but it what, what I liked about it is it taught me that I can do that and that with the right players that's a really fun project to pull off so I enjoyed it it was a cover album so there was no stress about publishing or any of that I write all my own music so I didn't want to uh, bother with any of that stuff but um you know it had a theme uh, the theme was uh time so every song referenced time in some way the past or forever or to, you know the future and they were songs that ranged from uh one um, Civil War era ballad all the way through to an alt rock song from the 90s, but performed by this acoustic group. So so it was really fun. Yeah. And did you choose the music, the songs? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, asked my best friends and family and music lovers in my life and and found the right collection of songs that told a good story and um you know pulled from my favorite genres and eras and it was great and but the best part about it is that it taught me something it taught me that I have I can cut an album live which means for the next one I would love to go I mean the difference with this is that it's really it really is an on-the-fly thing there was really no rehearsal we just went straight in and did it and these musicians are incredible they're all Broadway performers you know they're in the pit every night so they're really incredible but I would love to do a project where I work with musicians like that maybe just have me an acoustic guitar and a cello that was incredible the cello player yeah she was a woman her name was Mary and she was amazing and so I would love to do something like that again but rehearse for like two weeks get it perfect and then go in and cut for two days and knowing that I can do that's pretty awesome but also because it was covers it bought me some time for my next one yeah you know? yeah I mean that that is so cool too because you know typically when you're working on an album like it takes so long it's so time yeah. consuming and the whole cycle yeah is like exactly. you're like I just want it to be done um so it's probably really fun to, to have something to put out into the world and somebody else was taking care of everything I mean that was nice the album that I put out before that came out in I think 2017 and I produced that one and I it was some of it was part uh, analog and part digital and it was a ton of work and I was learning a lot as I went along and I loved the process it was really fun to kind of figure out how pro tools and logic work but it's not my favorite I had great engineers to help me and then um, you know, that's why I say for the next one, I want to produce it and I want to make it simple and I want it to be largely analog and have it and have it be, you know, 
honor what I do, which is that I lean on lyrical content and that's always as honest and vulnerable as I can get it. So the music should reflect that. I proved whatever I needed to prove to myself with the last album I produced, which was called At Now. And that's done. Like, I don't have to do that again. So yeah. I can simplify. And that's what I want for the next with, with the next project, which I'm writing for daily now. And it'll come out whenever I'm ready to put it out whenever it goes ding. <laughs> yeah whenever it's done I mean that's I say I have a I think I'm you know I I would say for I bet a lot of your audience is already um, established in some way but I bet there are a lot of people who are listening trying to work their way up and you know I realize I'm in a privileged position because I had successful music when I was very young and that it that enables me to really expand upon something that's already built um but I would say for somebody who's just starting out, you know, they, uh, I mean, I was, well, I guess what I'm referring to is the panel that we were just on. There were people that were asking questions about how to get songs on the radio or how to cultivate a fan base. I already have one, you know, that, that was cultivated 17 years ago. And now it's just a matter of holding on to those people and expanding it as my music changes. But for, but for somebody who is, new and just starting out, I mean, there are so many avenues, uh, that I think are way more important than having the goal just be, I want to have a song on the radio, which is what somebody asked yeah. me, how do I get a song on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is like, I guess we've been taught like through, you know, even TV and movies yeah. and everything that that is like, you know, yeah. this, this like pinnacle of success that your song is And on it the radio. is, I mean, it's that, it's the, that thing you do moment. I had that moment, you know, the yeah. first time you hear your song on the radio Charlie and you freak awesome. out. Oh my God. <laughs> it was, it was incredible. But now things are really different. Now yeah. radio isn't even the biggest way to get your music out there and I didn't actually answer the question but yeah, I, I wanted to talk to that little girl and tell her I mean not little girl she's 15 but I, I wanted to say the um you know the I think starting with writing something that means something to you and producing it or having somebody help you produce it or produce it for you in the most honest way possible and then aim toward like you know sync and licensing and yeah. or YouTube if you're just trying to get your name out there but you know, ways to hear music. The radio isn't everything. That, and that's not really where my friends don't listen to my songs on the radio. They don't even listen to my songs on Spotify. That's why I was making a joke. Like I tell people, Hey, go buy my song. And my own friends are like, yeah, I'll check it out on YouTube. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> help a girl out. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I mean, you had success when you were really young. And um, I'm sure that you've been through a lot of ups and downs in your career already. Um, but I know this is like a huge expansive question, but you know, how did, did what you experienced early on sort of inform, you know, what you, what you're doing now with your career? I mean, do you feel like you, you just need to, um, educate yourself more so that you, um, you have more control over, you know, how your music is talked about, how your music is put out into the world, or was that a, like a really great experience for you? And you're like, you're like, no, I'm good. I just, I just sort of grew from that. Um, you know, I sort of, well, in terms of, of, um, on the creative side, what all that taught me was that people won't, won't accept anything from me except for honesty. And I'm glad I'm, I'm really happy about that. That was part of my decision to leave a major label is that it just happened that the first thing that people heard from me was also my biggest success. And it came, it was the, probably cause that was, you know, my, my song breathe. And it was the most vulnerable 
one of the most vulnerable songs on that album. And that's what people connected with. And then it took off in a way that I never, ever could have expected. So there's no really going backwards from that. And um, I didn't want to. And when there was the push to kind of try and sound like other people or try to write something that was whatever was popular at the time, um, not only am I incapable of doing that as a writer, because I don't know how to pull from anything except for the deepest, most honest part of myself. I don't know how I, if I could shit, I'd have like 50 bits by now, <laughs> but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, um, but also I real I don't want to, because that is dishonest. And the, and the, rea the relationship that I have with people, my following is, is one where they trust me doesn't everybody want that out of your career? If you're a dentist, whatever you do, you want your, you, you want your clients to believe in you and trust you and know that you're going to show up for them. And I've already proved that I can, why would I ever want to lose that? So I know that living from a place of my vulnerability means that I have to build up and this, Oh my gosh, by the way, the other night I was at the She Rocks Awards and it changed my life. <laughs> I loved it. And I brought my mom as my date and you made, made it possible for us to be there. And thank it was, you. I mean, thank you. It was, I realized from watching those women that, that, that reinforces the thing that you're asking me right now is like, what did I learn from those early days? And that is that it is my vulnerability that is my strength. I think Linda Perry said that also. And um, every one of the women, they're all rock chicks, you know, so they've got this edge to them. They're very intimidating and and like but it's because when they speak, they're pulling from a place that is so sensitive and so vulnerable that, yeah, you have to put on your big boots and walk like a pirate and, and talk like a sailor because you're living in a place where you need to protect yourself. And I have that too, even though I still like, you know, sit like a lady and, and play dress up or whatever, but I, I'm not a rock chick, but you know, I still have that because there are enough people who have, who have chipped away or tried to chip away at my boundaries. So that's what I learned on the creative side. As far as on the business side, I've slowly taken over my own business and I was there in a lot of ways by, I say 2017 when I put out my last uh, album that I produced. Um, but then I had a, some really hard knocks in 2018. I found out that the person that was my, my business manager from the time I was 18 had been taking advantage of me financially for a really like wow. a, probably, I don't know if it was from the beginning, but pretty close to the beginning and, you know, got so deep into it that the IRS was involved. That's how I found out, Oh man. you know, is it, and, and actually oddly enough, it was, they, they were the ones that helped me out of the jam because they realized it wasn't my fault. So, you know, it was, it was intense to go from thinking that I was financially stable because of all the work I'd put into my career to finding out that, you know, the retirement fund was gone. If I have children, I won't be able to put them through college. Wow. Everything's depleted. Oh it's, I won't get it back. I, I won't get it back. So I'm kind of paying my dues backwards in a lot of ways. There was that. And I got involved with a fan with the crowdfunding. I was involved with pledge music and I was one of their casualties when they bit the dust. So, you know, it was like one thing on top of another, I realized I was in tremendous debt that wasn't because of anything I'd done. And then on top of that, I'd spent $40,000 on a record and and couldn't get the money, couldn't get the yeah. money. Yeah. Wow. My, and it was my fans that paid for it, you know? Yeah. So from there, I've taken over my business in a different way where I've also had, because I don't trust anybody and because it would be too expensive for anybody to help me because they'd be starting from below zero. Now I've had to figure out how to be my own accountant and how to talk to the government and how to talk to managers and how to talk to booking agents. And, you know, 
doing it all myself has been, it's too much work. I can't do that forever. And it's made it so that I'm living in my, uh, what is it? My left brain. Yeah. And that's not my, that's not my strong <laughs> suit for one. And two, I'm a writer. I miss my right brain. Like yeah. I miss my creative side and I can't do that when I spend, you know, li- literally I'm, I'm spending uh, nine or 10 hours a day sitting at my dining room table, trying to, trying to clean up a business mess. So the lucky thing for me is that I have passive income because I had a hit a long time ago, but it won't always be like that. It dwindles year by year. That's the nature of this, of of this business. So I have to figure something else out. And in that I look to how can I, uh, how can I have my audience help me and how can I network a little bit better? I'm not a salesman. I'm not really good at, at pitching myself. I'm good at being in my bedroom with the door closed, <laughs> writing music. <laughs> That's my thing. And then going out on stage. And the only way I can share it is by making sure that I'm connecting with every individual and pretending like it's just the two of us in moment to moment. So, you know, growing my business means that now I, I, I really need to get better at talking to people about how they are getting their songs out, out there and how you sell it. And what do you, how does the website work? I don't know any of this. You know, I think even, I mean, this has been my experience with my marketing background that even if you are not doing it yourself, if you can have some like at least rudimentary knowledge of like what happens when, you know, somebody makes a website or somebody works on, you know, royalties or whatever, um, that at least, you know, when A, when something is not right and B, um, like what questions to ask them because like if you come from a position of complete ignorance then that's when you get taken advantage of right exactly so that's what i'm finding now is is uh, i have to know when to ask for help i am it is in my personality to say i can do it you know my and I, i know i got that from my mother which is why it was so fun for her to be there the other night to see all these other really amazing tough gals is that like that's our personality. The refrigerator's broken. I'll fix it. Like <laughs> something's wrong with franchise tax board. We'll take care of it. Like, you know, whatever it is, we'll mow the lawn. We'll do the dishes. We'll raise the kids and do, bring home the bacon and do everything, which I think is kind of in a lot of yeah. in women's nature. And yet somehow we're considered the weaker sex. that don't understand that. Like I, <laughs> and if I'm not strong enough to do something, I can get, I can figure out how to work a, a, a forklift. <laughs> so we're only considered the weaker sex because somebody said that not because <laughs> <Yeah>. we are. <laughs> after the other night, I think it's because we're scarier and somebody had to say that to You're save like, their Let's own. Keep them down. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think, um, I have to know when to ask for help, when to hire the right people. I mean, I, I always use Walt Disney as my example because he had the vision, but he was really good at hiring Uh, you know, hiring the people to do the job he needed them to do and making sure he found the best person. And in that I say, I need to listen to my intuition more than I ever have. Because anytime, anytime something bad happens, I always look back and say, Oh, I, I saw that coming. I saw all the flags. What is wrong with me? So, you know, then in that I have all the power in the world because I can look for the right person for the job or I can keep my eye on them while they're doing it. And then once their job is done, I've figured it out and now I can do it and have confidence in myself. I've done that with publicity and, and, uh, you know, um, also with, uh, tour promo and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I think it's hard because, you know, it's a juggle. Like you said, like, Oh, now I'm, I'm living in my left brain too much. Like, can I, can I trust somebody to do at least like, like 
a small piece of that so that I have more time right. to do the thing that I really want to do. Right, exactly. You know? It's super hard. I mean, I, I struggle with that a lot too because I've got like five businesses and and I'm a singer songwriter. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, no, I just want to sit with my guitar for like two hours. Yeah, and I think like, about what it, what do I really want to accomplish right now in my life? What are my priorities? And going forward, like if I'm perfectly honest, my number one is I would really like a family. And I might end up doing that by myself, which is totally fine. I want kids and lucky me, I can do that. But like... You know, I also am going to want to be a healthy mom, which means being a healthy artist. And so I have to figure out a way to build my business so that I can take care of everything all at once and rely on the right people so that I can go on tour and like... I've got all these big old plans. I'm like, it's going to be homeschooling. And if you want to learn about the Grand Canyon, we're going to go there and mama's going to play a show. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Your kids are going to have like know so much about the world. I know. These are my big, these are my big extreme plans. But in order to pull all of that off, I'm going to need to build my business and get it to a point where I can kind of, you know, let things roll a little bit more than I have been. And right now I am you know, I'm taking on too much. I'm just at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to hire a financial planner. I'm going to allow people, I'm going to trust people and let people back in and do my job so I can write a record and, you know, write an album and, and get back, get, if I get back out there, touring never stops that, that I do all year anyway. But yeah. I will say this cause I have two kids. They're adults now, but being a person in the music industry with kids, I, I learned that you can't think too much about it. You will always figure it out. There's exactly, always a right. way because it's, it's a little scary. Like if you travel a lot, like how are you going to make it work? You know, all that. And somehow you magically do figure it out. And I, I was very fortunate. I, I mean, I made sure I knew all my neighbors and like it just does take a village because you can't do it all yourself. That's it what my mom tells me all the work. time. There's no way to do it all yourself. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear from women like you who have done that, are doing that. I mean, you wear so many hats and on top of that, you're a mom, which has got to be the hardest and most fun and most painful and, you know, the best job of all. But you're doing it all at the same time. I would. That's that is what I want to be able to do. And yeah, that does mean relying on on other people yeah it's sometimes it's super hard like I remember even like asking my neighbors like hey can my kid like wait at your house this morning for like an hour before they have to get on the bus because I have this early meeting yeah and, be, exactly, and, they, yeah. They, and they'd be like sure but like, you end up having the coolest kids yeah right? I mean <laughs> my kids are awesome they've traveled all over the world right. they they are very independent themselves like they know they can figure it out too and I think if you if you approach it in a way that you're like, okay, I'm trust gonna, yourself. Yeah, yeah. And that you don't have to be perfect at everything. Like exactly. your kids are going to be okay. Those, and yeah. so like, yeah, what you asked me earlier, what, what lessons did I learn in the beginning that I'm, you know, where did, where have I come from since then? And I will say two, two things came to mind when you were talking about that. And one is how, like, have you ever been singing a song and you know that you don't remember the chorus and you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> when I get there, I'm going to this, like, I'm about to clam. This show's going to suck now. But then somehow you just like, by the time you get there, you know what you're doing. And I feel like life is that way for me sometimes too. I don't really know what's going to happen next. Sometimes I'm totally confused about what I'm going to do. But somehow when I get there, if I trust myself, and we were talking about this earlier, my intuition is my strongest sense. And yet it's also the one that I ignore the most. If I saw a fire, I would say, oh my God, 
there's fire. But when I intuit fire, I'm like, well, maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't possibly be fire. And I don't it? know why <laughs> that happens because every time I trust it, it's totally fine. And the other thing I'll say about, about what I learned very early on in my career, um, about not being perfect is that I definitely, you know, being with a major label, being young, being a woman, being, you know, decent looking enough that they could dress me up. And also, um, at that time, you know, indie wasn't a thing yet. So we're talking like 2004, it really wasn't cool yet to just let it fly. There was still an element of, of like showmanship that was not really genuine. And, um, I didn't fit into that. I, I don't think I fit in until recently into what goes on in music where you can be yourself and genuine is what sell, uh, sells and what people want anyway, which has always been that way. It's just people like that wasn't like people who made money didn't know that. But I learned really early on that it was when I messed up that the audience looked at me and said, wow, this, this intimidating, like, you know, scary girl on stage who's brave enough to sing these really personal, intimate songs messes up. She's not perfect. And suddenly it's like, now I have a relationship with them. And I still find that every night on stage, I earn the right to mess up. I work really hard to make sure that that show is nearly perfect. But it's the second that I get the giggles in the middle of a song that the audience becomes my friend. And then they want to come back because we have a relationship. And it's like that in my life too. It is the, those mistakes are what I learned from. And those mistakes are what opened me up to other people saving my ass when I need it. And, and, you know, I, as much as it hurts when you want to be perfect and you can't, it's, it, you know, I wouldn't give those moments up. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I produced an event series and we did a, an event with Ringo Starr and, um, right before he was about to come out, the power went out to the board. So we had no audio and while they were like hurrying and fixing it and it turned out it was like a power strip that blew or something. Ringo came out and like just chatted with the audience. And I think that that mess up moment made that event so much more special for everybody that was there and they realized that they witnessed something like really exactly. personal. They and, witnessed something. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. so I do think that, especially like if your fans see you a lot or whatever, um, you know, anything that makes the show like different and personal and Hey, you messed up, but it's okay. And then they talk to each yeah. other. I was at the one where yeah. this, where this happened. happened. Yeah. She and tripped it, and it then, all goes on you know? YouTube and they all it's watch all it. But, right. It's all, it's all cool. And just like, I would say as a performer, I don't know if I could ever get through a, you know, a, a set where I had to have dance moves and be perfect and time everything out. I don't know. I mean, that is a talent that I just cannot eat that. I don't have that. But it's also a talent to be able to do what Ringo Starr did and like do stand up, essentially. You know, you're it is on the fly. You have to be comfortable and you have to figure it out as you go along and trust other humans. And they do show up. That is something I've learned again and again. I'm scared of fans because I'm very private and I don't like talking about my personal life. And yet I do in my songs. But at the same time. The, the right ones, the healthy ones show up for me again and again. I do, uh, I do a project where I'm selling stuff in order to make money to fund a record and they buy my cute little things and get excited about it. And somebody showed up here, even actually a couple of people showed up here in my t-shirts that I made for the last album. And, you know, they, they want to support me because we're friends, you know, and in a way, yeah, they're right. They're right. So it's that, that is a really, 
endearing. Probably the only thing that makes me comfortable being on stage at all, because otherwise I really don't like it. And that's that, you know, I get to watch uh, strangers become a family. We become a unit. We trust each other. And in some weird way, uh, connectivity happens and we leave as a group because we've all sung at least one song together. I wouldn't give that up. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I get, I get really, uh, I'm, I'm really good at speaking publicly, but performing publicly, I get nervous. Yeah. And, but I do feel like, you know, when you do that, like everybody there is like rooting for you. Right. They, they're like, they're totally, they're like, if you mess up, they're like, it's okay. It was the other night. Yeah. That's why I say it. the show was so incredible because every single person that went up there, every woman has the same energy that I do, which was good to see. Cause I'm used to watching people be like, you know, perfectly quaffed and perfectly perfect. And I'm like, Oh God, I'll never be Meghan Markle. But then I watch, <laughs> but then I watch all these women come on stage and every single one of them went off the teleprompter and was just like, I'm just going to do this and said whatever they wanted. They were imperfect. You could tell that they were uncomfortable, but so strong at the same time. And that is so valuable to the people watching because then they think, well, Hey, maybe I'm as strong as you. That's a gift that you, you guys were giving a gift to everybody that was watching by letting it fly and showing us that that girl in those big, strong boots, who's going to like open her mouth and sing a song. That's going to make you feel like, Oh my God, Lizzie. (laughs) They were so, everyone was so great, but then, you know, at the same time, they're so real. (laughs) Everything about her, everything about her is epic. Suddenly I'm like, I don't want to be a duchess. I want to be a rock star. But I mean, I do, I do feel like we sometimes don't give ourselves permission to be human, to be imperfect, you know, to be yeah. imperfect. But people love us for it. People it's okay. love us for it. And we should love ourselves. Exactly. For it. It's so hard though. Cause I mean, my first instinct is always to focus on the thing I messed up. Totally. Too. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I did 8,000 things right, but I messed oh, up yeah, this every one night. thing. Do you walk oh, off stage every, every time you perform, you walk off stage. And even if it's a perfect performance, you, you get the standing ovation, you do the encore you walk off and you're like, I messed up the one note in the one song that nobody cared because they were cheering too loud. I don't, I don't obsess that too much, that much, but there are definitely things where I'm like, Oh, that too bad that happened. (laughs) Oh, I do. I have to always remind myself, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think that's, that's the thing people want to see now. I think people want to see us be real. Real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all we're all just I'm just a little Elsa in this world. <laughs> I just would rather be in my little ice cave and hide my hide my strengths and my weaknesses from everybody, but it turns out I'm a much better princess <laughs> when I don't. <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that because I I went with my my daughter's 23, but we yeah. went to, we went to see Frozen 2 the other day. Is it good? And my favorite song was a song that Anna sings. Right? Right, Anna, that's the other girl's name. Um, and and um, it's called The Next Right Thing. Like she's in this place where it's really hard and she's devastated, but she knows that what she's going to do is just the next right thing. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, that's it. Yeah. Just think about that next right thing. And what? And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. And I'm so excited. I have to say, like, you know, because like I said, I don't like to leave my bedroom. So I take a lot of quizzes on Pinterest. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's definitely, and I get Elsa every time and I know exactly why. <laughs> so I can't wait to see it. That's so funny. The, the, the quiz, which Disney princess which, are you? Yeah, which Disney princess am I? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll take this instead of doing my work. <laughs> but yeah, that's I would awesome. rather, I would rather hide from people. But the thing that's great about what I like about that character, this, I, I could not have imagined this is where this conversation would go. Although we're really close to Disneyland right now. So it's fitting. That's right. You never know. But um, yeah, what I like about that part, that character being represented is that she's so powerful and she's so strong, but she's so scared of herself. And I think that that's that way for a lot of female artists and yeah. a lot of women is that we have this amazing power, but we're a little bit scared of it. If yeah. you're articulate, you want to make sure you never get into a, a confrontation because you might hurt someone really bad. And, you know, like I look at my, my talents and at the same time, I am scared of where they're going to take me. I don't fame is not for me. It scares yeah. me. Yeah. You know, so it, I like that character and I like I like the idea that people want to see who you really are and they want to see you not be perfect because that means they can participate in life with you and with each other. And that's the gift of music. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's so funny that you say that about fame because like, I would hate to be famous, quote unquote, like the idea of not being able to go anywhere in the world and like have peace. The judgment. Is, like, just yeah. like the worst possible thought to me. But no. I think for an artist, it's like, a, it's a really hard um, um, sort of fine line that you have to walk because you want to have success. You want to yeah. have fans. You want people to want to come see you and hear your music. Um, but you don't want to be, look at me, know. but don't look at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need fans in order to keep this, this, you know, train rolling. Otherwise it's all going to go away. But at the same time, the idea of lots of attention is really scary. I kind of won because, you know, who knows why, but things in 2006, were weird in the music industry. So it happened that I had a hit, but nobody knew who sang it. So I can walk down the street and nobody knows who I am unless I'm singing breathe. And then, right. <laughs> and then they figure it out. But even then a lot of people are like, Oh my God, you sound just like oh, that's the girl. Hysterical. <laughs> so I won because I got validation for yeah. my work, but I still can live a life where I have, you know, anonymity and I'm, and and uh, peace. Right. But I don't know. I mean, like pushing forward using social media is really uncomfortable for me. I don't really know how to do that. And I have to do all these things in order to, to keep my my career going, but they scare me. So, you know, you could be yeah. like dead mouse. You could have like a, I should. a big head <laughs> or on bucket a, head, a bucket head. <laughs> you, you know, nobody will know. Exactly. For Sia, you could just have the because nobody yeah exactly. <laughs> or i could just wear sia wear, wear sia's wig and then wear people sia's be like wig. wow sia's voice dropped an octave <laughs> but i you know i do think for women like we have that extra challenge because like there's like there's some crazies out there and it, yeah. it, it gets hard it gets hard on multiple levels people get obsessive yeah. and i know right now already that you know i'm it, the older i get the more I, the more solid my boundaries are and the more a meet and greet becomes a little uncomfortable because, you know, one out of every 10 people isn't okay. Most people pay for the meet and greet. Some of them, they don't even care to meet me. They just want to support my career because they like my music and they like me and they've already been to a show. They already have the autograph. They don't care. They're, they just are good people trying to help a 
me out. But there's always one who who crosses the line, and it's getting to a point where I don't think I can do that anymore. And if yeah. I have kids, and I'm gonna pop them right in the yeah, face. So, <laughs> you know. it, it's unfortunate, you know, because I, I mean, I, I see it. I went to see Tal Wilkenfeld perform in uh, Boston at City Winery, and there was like, this one guy. I mean. He was sitting close to the stage and he would just be shouting, I love you tall. And everything yeah. she did in between, he was like commenting really loud. And like you could see her face like she just wanted <laughs> to be an artist, you yeah. know, and to have to deal with this person who obviously didn't think they were doing anything wrong. Yeah. You know, but it made it made the whole room uncomfortable. I like I, I like. And then how do you take control yeah, back? How? How? I had a guy do that one time and I invited him up on the stage to sing a song because I was like, I was like, wow, you're sure participating in this show. Do you want to come up here and do something? And he actually did. And he sang like half the song. I had to finish it for him, but oh he was quiet for the rest of the set. I guess he got it out of his system. All right. But like, yeah, that, I mean, that is one of the challenges of live performance, especially when you're on the, you know, the level I'm at, I'm at theaters and clubs and it's not a big, like rehearsed thing. I don't have lighting and tons of people protecting me. So, you know, it is interactive, whether I I like it or not because I can see all they could they could there's no barricade you know yeah so it is like uh having to go moment moment by moment and figuring out how to lead uh because you do have the audience in the palm of your hand when you're performing like that and the smaller it is I think actually the scarier it is when I was playing yeah. arenas it was easier yeah because there's that separation yeah, yeah exactly I couldn't see them and there were too right. many of them for anybody to stand out and I just got to do my thing and walk off and it was fine now I you know now I have to manage people and some show most shows are totally fine but every once in a while I'll have like the uh you know b market in between just so that I'm like you know, playing a show instead of paying for hotels, yeah, but yeah. not playing. And, uh, you know, so the audience will be smaller. There will only be maybe 150 people in there. And then if there's one weirdo, everybody knows it and there's nothing I can do. <laughs> there was, I had a show recently where there was a guy who, um, a, a man and his wife who had a baby and, just an inappropriate family altogether because they were both really drunk and they had a baby in a carrier and oh, it was man. like 11 o'clock at night. I don't know what these people, prop these, their problem was, but the, but the guy kept talking to me while I was on stage and he kept saying, I predict that in not too long, you're going to be paying 30, $300 for one of your tickets. I'm like, excuse me one more time it's gonna be three hundred dollars to buy one of your tickets i'm like well that time has already passed sir <laughs> <laughs> thank you he just and like every song he has something to say and those like i don't know what to do you know, and, we're gonna think up a response for that we're gonna we're gonna figure it out and help female musicians everywhere. what yeah what do you do because you want to be nice i don't want to offend know, anybody it's really hard it's really hard because if you are the one who has to be the mean person, quote unquote, then then, you you know, you get slammed. It's like, oh, she was such a bitch, you know. And God forbid yeah. I open my mouth yeah. and like be that person, yeah. because if I can articulate like I can saying nice things, yeah. just imagine what I can do if I actually let loose on somebody that's making me uncomfortable. So yeah, it's so hard. Eventually he left and everything was fine. But yeah, there's a little bit of management that goes into it. But overall, it's really cool. The yeah. experience of seeing unity happen 
a bunch of people who don't know each other singing my song back to me I is that, I incredible. think that's better than having a song on the radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I wanted to tell everybody out there, like, I don't know how, I mean, some people are writers, but they're not live performers. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Yeah. But I am, and it is the best. I mean, I love touring. Being with my brothers all day on the road yeah. on our way to a place that we're just going to get the hell out of the next day is great. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, there was one night I lost my voice and it was too late to cancel the show. So I had to go on. I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I did a Q&A with the audience in just a whisper. And I went for my full 75 minutes. The, the promoter was happy. And at the end of my quote unquote set, I said, you know, is there time, you know, does anybody have one more question? And somebody said, can we sing Breathe to You? And the 300 people sang my little song back to me. Oh my God, I'm going to cry right now just talking about it. It means, it meant so much to me because that song changed my life and I still stand behind it and like it because it was honest. And suddenly in this moment where I couldn't show up for people, they showed up for me. Now that's really what you want out of life, isn't it? I mean, to know that you're not alone and that people, you know, are connecting with you and that you've done something that's made an impact on anyone is enough, but that they are willing to show up in a moment when you're clearly free falling. It's, yeah. it's amazing. People are incredible. That's awesome. I'm getting teary. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite show I've ever played and I didn't sing yeah, a single note. Wow. I love that story. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for, for sitting down and chatting. Thank you. For a few it's minutes. been an it's incredible so few days because of you. you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Same, same to and you. And where can people find out about your music? And oh, I have, I mean, you? like I, there, I'm all over, I'm wherever you look, but I also have a website. It's annanalek.com and there's an Instagram account that I occasionally post stuff on. I did the other day because I felt really cute <laughs> for the She Rocks Awards. Yeah. <laughs> so there's something from that. And then, uh, yeah, but the, yeah, the usual social okay. media and analog.com and then Insta- whatever, all the Spotify and all right, the stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. Great. Well, we'll share links on the post here. And, and thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks all for right. talking with me.